Happy Epiphany, everyone. This is a special day in the church year. Today, we remember and honor the Magi, also known as the wise men in the, in the translation we just read in our gospel reading, who traveled many, many miles to visit the child Jesus. There are a lot of different religious and cultural traditions associated with this feast day, including pageants, hymns like We Three Kings, and as you might know if you're like me and enjoy watching the Great British Bake Off, delicious cakes and breads. In many communities, including here at SPSA, the story of the Magi is combined with the Nativity story. There's nothing wrong or bad about this, but this can sometimes cause us to miss out on important or thought-provoking details. For instance, where do we get the idea that there are three Magi? Yes, there are three gifts presented to Jesus, but nowhere in the account we just read does the writer identify how many Magi are in the group. Also, the Magi don't actually show up until well after Jesus is born. Should they actually be in the Christmas pageant at all? And where are these people from? The East is pretty broad. On this feast day of Epiphany, these questions, traditions, and our gospel reading invite us to reflect on the Magi and their journey a bit more deeply. Who were they, anyway? They were foreigners, outsiders. They were probably from a particular caste of Persian priests known for their skill with interpreting dreams. Later use of the term Magi also included astrologers, magicians, and soothsayers. Evidence is mixed on whether they would have been respected for their wisdom and discernment or looked down upon for their engagement with what would have been viewed as superstition. So in our gospel reading for today, after some initial confusion, the Magi go to Jerusalem first and have a worrisome run-in with the tyrannical Rome-approved King Herod. The Magi then follow a star to Bethlehem, where they then kneel in reverence and present precious gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the young Jesus. After doing this, we are told that the Magi return to their home country, having been warned in a dream to take a different route back to avoid Herod. This is the last we hear about the Magi. They don't show up at the Sermon on the Mount shouting, hey Jesus, remember us? We met you when you were a baby. We always knew you were special. They aren't at the Last Supper, gathered around a table with Jesus and his disciples. And we don't find them weeping at the foot of the cross alongside Jesus's mother Mary and Mary Magdalene. If we go by what this text says, the Magi return to their own country and, in all likelihood, their own religious practice. And yet, the Magi leave us with a powerful image of a group of people who have tra traveled a long and likely dangerous journey from a distant country to offer extravagant gifts to honor an infant whose ministry and world-changing impact have yet to be revealed. How do you not leave an experience like that forever changed? In their encounter with Jesus, I believe the Magi experienced what the late Swedish Lutheran bishop and former dean of Harvard Divinity School, Christer Stendhal, calls holy envy. Holy envy, Professor Stendhal said, is when we recognize something in another tradition that is beautiful, but is not in ours, nor should we grab it or claim it. Holy envy rejoices in the beauty of the others. 
One example of holy envy is described by religion scholar Jordan Denari Duffner in her book, Finding Jesus Among Muslims, How Loving Islam Makes Me a Better Catholic. Through study and engagement with Islam and Catholicism alongside her Muslim peers, Denari Duffner found that her Catholic faith was deepened. Witnessing her Muslim friend devotion to the practice of Salat, that is, praying five times a day, motivated Denari Duffner to try Catholic prayer practices like the daily examine. Using these kinds of structures to pray led to a profound shift in her spiritual life. Denari Duffner writes, I developed a deep personal friendship with Jesus who became a companion to me on campus and as I eventually explored the Middle East. I also joined a small Catholic Bible study group that provided me with a community with whom I could reflect on scripture. I grew to love my Catholic faith again. My re-embracing of Catholicism would not have been possible without my exposure to Islam and my immersion in the Muslim community. I don't mean to say that holy envy is a piece of cake. If our hearts and minds are truly open to holy envy, then we're also open to being changed by others' beliefs and practices. And depending on what is revealed in our encounters, our own most treasured beliefs may be challenged, wrestled with, and potentially even changed. Not all of us are ready or willing to take this on. We've shaped our lives, our families, our friends, potentially our jobs on those beliefs. Why would we choose to potentially endanger them? Some of you may know that I grew up in an interfaith family. My mother, who took on the role of handling religious education for my sister and I, is Lutheran, and my father is a non-practicing Jew. While I am overall grateful for the experience of growing up in an interfaith family, I did, and sometimes still do, feel internally conflicted about religious belief and practice. Some days, I long for the kind of spiritual structure that an observant Jewish person is provided when they follow halacha, or Jewish law, and the close-knit communities that spring up when there is a critical mass of people engaged in Jewish life. I also wonder what responsibility I have to my ancestors, who fled religious persecution in Eastern Europe to come here. What would they think about having a great-great-granddaughter who was baptized and is now studying at a historically Christian seminary? On the other hand, I cannot deny the other side of my spiritual roots, particularly when that is the faith tradition I was actually formally raised in. And I cannot deny the joy I feel when I gather with my church families, the tenderness in my chest that threatens to crack open when I sing the words from Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. I cannot deny the power of Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, the days of the Christian year, when I feel most connected to God because Christ's and our own mortality is so front and center. I'm still learning how to productively grapple with my own experiences of holy envy. And while I sometimes do feel conflict or pain, I've also come to realize that holy envy I experience forces me to think more deeply about scripture and how it has been interpreted to build both bridges and cause harm our hymns and the theologies within them, and about the life and religious practice of Jesus, who was a pious Jew himself. Because of holy envy, my own faith refuses to remain stagnant. On the contrary, holy envy is fertilizer. What gifts does your faith give you 
to carry on your journey? What is your gold, your frankincense, your myrrh? Perhaps it's the cyclical nature of the church year, that there are times of reflection, prayer, celebration, and grief that, connect you, that more deeply connect you with God and with others in the Christian family. Or maybe it's the Wesleyan tradition of gathering together in small groups for prayer and accountability in your faith walk. Perhaps Holy Communion, which we're celebrating today, is deeply nourishing to your soul. Or maybe in the midst of a personal or communal tragedy, you are able to find solace in the cross, knowing that death is not the final answer and that God knew your grief intimately precisely because of that cross. Now, think of your neighbors. Think of the members of B'nai Jeshurun who observe Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in this very sanctuary. And think of those who celebrated bar and mitzvahs in this space when their own sanctuary was being rebuilt. Think of Daisy Khan, who collaborated with SPSA and B'nai Jeshurun to build a stronger interfaith community here on the Upper West Side and globally. Think about your own family and friends who are not Methodist or are not Christian. What have you learned from those encounters? Have you experienced holy envy? Who or what inspires you to dig deeper? As we celebrate the Magi today and continue on our journey through the season of Epiphany, I urge you to reflect on the treasures that your own beliefs give you. Weigh the risks that you are willing to take on your own faith journey, the questions you have and the rewards you may reap. Then, when you are ready, pack up those treasures, your own gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and set out, ready to authentically offer your own gifts and prepare to receive the gifts of others.